Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we just sang, A Lamb Goes Uncomplaining Forth. And this might sound like an obvious set of questions, but where is that lamb going? What is he going to do there? Why is he going? No, for those of you who hear it like I do, it's not go dog go. This is a serious question about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as John the Baptist tells us. These are serious questions that we have to answer, and you, confirmants, have to answer tonight as you come to the table to receive his very body and blood. First, the easy one, where is he going? Well, it's to the tree, but even more importantly, he's going to his death, to the offering. And what is he going to do there? Why is he going? Well, that's a more complicated question. It's not just that he's going to die. And to answer that question, we're going to go through all of our readings tonight, starting with Exodus. And if you'd like to follow along, it's in your bulletin. And, and um, I will read it aloud as we go through. See, in Exodus, Moses goes up the Mount of Sinai after delivering the people of Israel from Egypt, saving them from Pharaoh and slavery. He goes up the Mount of Sinai where he receives the Ten Commandments and all the law of God, four chapters worth of law of God. Moses comes down after receiving all of this law and he tells the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And the people hear this, all these rules, and we're told that all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses then writes down all the words of the Lord for posterity, to hold them account so that they remember what they have committed themselves to. But next, Moses has a job, an important job. He has to seal the deal between Israel and God. Moses has to seal this deal, and to do so, he's got to bring the elders of Israel up this Mount Sinai, up the mountainside to be with God. This might sound simple. Simple trip up the mountain, but it's not. And it's not because the trip is treacherous. This trip up the mountain isn't simple because, well, you have to be worthy to stand in God's presence. And to put it very bluntly, none of these elders were worthy. Worthy to stand in God's presence, that's a complicated topic, a sermon for another day, you might say. But suffice to say, none were worthy. And yet Moses had been given the tools to fix the problem. What are those tools? Well, Moses rose early in the morning, built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel, he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins 
and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, again, all that the Lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now this is an undeniably strange moment. And confirmands, don't worry, we're not throwing blood on you tonight. But we can't imagine it, can we? We can't imagine having actual blood thrown on us and being willing to have that happen to us. But it's important that we understand why it happens, what it means, what's going on here, because it's central to answering those questions of what Jesus is doing as he offers his body and blood to the disciples as he goes uncomplaining forth. See, the blood does two things. First, the blood seals the deal. We've already mentioned this, but in a sense, shedding the blood of the animal is kind of like signing a contract in the ancient world. It's not the way that I'd sign a contract, but it's the way that they did. It's like a handshake. Once you shed the blood of the animal, the deal is made, the blood is poured, Israel and God have a relationship which is unshakable. Israel will obey God's rules and God will be their God. He will bless them and he will bless all the nations of earth through them. This is the deal that God has made with Israel. But there's a second part of what the blood does. Not only does it make the promise that God will be their God, seal that deal, the blood also purifies the people of Israel. It purifies them, yes, purifies them, kind of like a really gross shower, but it purifies the people of Israel to make them worthy of standing in God's presence. It forgives their sins, makes them clean enough to stand before God without dying. And that's exactly what happens next. Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel go up the mountain. They see God. They stand in his presence. And Moses even describes God in this moment. And they eat and they drink with him. They were pure. They were worthy of standing in God's presence because of the blood of these animals. Now, I bring it all up here, not to gross you out with these vivid mental images, but because as our Hebrews reading tells us, the reading that we heard just a moment ago, all of this points to Jesus. These Old Testament offerings, this one in particular, points to what Jesus offers us at this very table. Jesus goes uncomplaining forth to be our priest, to be the mediator that Moses is, kind of like a lawyer in a law room. The lawyer goes forward for me because I don't know the law, and the lawyer does. He stands between me and the judge to say, I'm here to represent 
Pastor Reefstack, whatever he's done wrong. Or you might think of an Uber Eats driver. The Uber driver is your go-between, between the restaurant and you. You don't want to go there. You can't go there for whatever reason. So you send an Uber driver to pick up your McDonald's and bring you your Happy Meal, right? The Uber Eats driver is your go-between. Jesus, Hebrews doesn't call him an Uber Eats driver, is our mediator, our go-between, between us and God. But even more, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our offering. Jesus is the same kind of offering as what we just saw in Exodus. Like those calves and those goats, Jesus pours out his blood for us that we might be pure and stand in God's presence, purified and not destroyed, forgiven and welcomed, that we can eat and drink in his presence just like you will have a chance to do in just a moment. Jesus' blood purifies us. Jesus' blood seals the deal, offering you a new covenant, a new deal with God, that new covenant in his blood, which we'll say in the words of institution. These are no accidental similarities, Hebrews tells us, but the very plan of God from the beginning. All of these things are what Jesus is going on complaining forth to do. But that leaves us with one final question. Why? Why does he go uncomplaining forth? Why does he do all of this? Well, to answer that why, we turn to John 13, the reading that started this service. In it, we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He serves them, and then he encourages them to serve others. As we come here for our own worship service, we might think that we are here to serve God through our praise. We are worshiping him and we are offering our service of worship to him. But that's not quite right, for we have another name for what we're doing right now, and that's the divine service. And this name gives us a better hint at what happens here in this place. Here, when we gather around Jesus' body and blood, he serves us. Divine service. God serves us. We come here to, like the disciples, have our feet washed, to have our sins washed away by the same Jesus Christ. He pours himself out for us. Why? Well, often I think we, we think of it in terms of that new commandment that Jesus has given. And there's a truth to it. We are to love as Jesus has loved us. How is that new commandment new? Well, the Old Testament is full of commandments to love, so it's not the love part. The new commandment of Jesus is new because we are to love like Jesus loved. Not just be nice, not just be kind, not just be gentle or lowly, but self-sacrificially. 
We are to love by pouring ourselves out for one another and for those who are far from God. And it's so easy to say, that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus is here today dying on the cross that we should love others. But again, is that the service we gather here for tonight? No. We are here for the divine service, to remember the great love of Jesus toward us. Our own service to other people, that is great. That is good stuff. But what do we need more than anything else? We need the love of Jesus, which pours itself out in body and blood. Why does the lamb go uncomplaining forth? Because he loves you. Each one of you he loves individually more than life itself. That is why he went to the cross, suffered scorn and death for you. So as you come to the table, for the first time, or the hundredth time, or the ten thousandth time. May the very peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.